It's a big story in scripture. God feeds a nation from food falling from the sky. But he says, most days you can't collect it. It'll go bad by the next day. Why did God make his food so perishable? Hmm. We're going to see that yeah. today. Some great New Testament ramifications for this as well. That's so, right. Um, Exodus 16. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And you can go ahead and get started, Junior. All right. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin. Not meaning Sin as far as like it's a place no, where the sin name happens. Yeah. Between Elim and Mount Sinai, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. So, hey, so how can we say Elim, but then you say Mount Sinai and not Sinai? Sinai. One thing I noticed, when you read your Hebrew names, you yeah. always put the accent on the last syllable, the last syllable. Syllable. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really? Yeah. Like like Mara yesterday, I would say Mara, you say Mara. Huh. But I don't know what the right way is. Oh. So I just thought I'd point out that, well, you know, difference between us. Maybe we need to uh, get a Hebrew speaker in here to tell us who's right. <laughs> they might help. Yeah. Help us out a little bit. <laughs> be like, you both are way wrong. Yeah. We should get Omer on here sometime. <laughs> we should. Actually, we see his name later on in this chapter. Yeah. Um, this is there to the whole com- community of Israel <laughs> <laughs> complained about Moses and Aaron. So here we go, complaining about leadership again. And yeah. God does not take this lightly. No, he doesn't. Complaining about and yet, leadership. It, it, it is an American thing. Oh, yeah. We are, we are, and I guess maybe because you know, it's easy for me when I'm in leadership. It, and and it, and I'm on, and the, truthfully, I, we talked about this yesterday. No, I, I really am not sensitive to it. I just recognize that when you're, when you're in leadership, you got a target in your back and people are always going to be second guessing and criticizing. And, and I just, and I, and I probably receive less of that, far less of that than just about anybody else who has, you know, the same kind of I complain about responsibility, leadership, but you should see yeah. my leader at church. <laughs> I have to report to, you know, <laughs> Do you have any idea who he reports to. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't used to be you, but lately it's been you. Yeah. I, but no, I do complain about leadership when it comes to politics. Cause I am a, political just negative nancy yeah i stay out of it yeah I've been, i just stay out of it and i actually i you know i i speak well of the ones i do my best to speak well of the ones that i didn't vote for okay well, and see, i'm not trying to lift myself up because yeah. i used to be horrible that way but it made me it the negativity put me in such terrible moods oh yeah yeah but and and here's the thing though is i stay out of it too i don't watch the news i, don't, I can't can't even get the news on my tv because i don't have cable but then i'll watch this and be like this is insane what's going on. How, like some of it is. Yeah. And it definitely and is. And then it's really hard not to be like, these are guys are idiots. I just see it as God's unfolding plan. And that doesn't mean that we don't involve, get involved and we don't vote. Yeah. But I just see it as God's sovereignty uh, being played out. Sure. I would imagine most of the people listening to us struggle more with what you're talking about. And, and I'm not saying I'm apart from it because it does. Sometimes it does drive me crazy, but yeah. I used to be terrible. And you probably remember that growing up, you know, I had, I had the news station on all the time and uh, it, it was not good for me. Yeah. So the community is all complaining about their leaders. This is only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. And we were also <laughs> slaves. Is that something how, when you remember the past, what's that old saying? How it messes with our grammar, yeah. that it makes the past perfect in the present tense. Yeah, we only remember we and and we exaggerate things always to benefit our mood at the moment. Oh, yeah, nostalgia is deceiving. Yeah, but now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual, meaning for the seventh day Sabbath, so they don't have to yeah. look for food on Sabbath. So Moses and Aaron said this to all the people of Israel. By evening you will realize it. It was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, mm. not against us. Yeah, which again, I mean, underscore this. We we read this here, we read Romans 13, but for some reason we don't apply that to our own situation. Yeah, When you complain about your boss, you don't realize you're complaining about God yeah. who put your boss in that position. Yeah. Or when we get real negative regarding our political leaders, we don't realize that we're actually complaining about the God who put that person in And in position. such a ridiculous way, mm-hmm. too. I mean, these people are saying, you know, man, back in Egypt is fantastic. It's yeah. just like, you guys look like idiots as you complain against God. Yes. Kind of reminds me of that last week. I, was, I, I told you this was kind of laughing, but I spoke a, you know, a precious sermon and I said I didn't like chai tea. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody complained and said I was racist because chai tea is from India. And they said, oh, I'm just so glad I didn't bring my Indian friend. Well, and I didn't even know. Is, <laughs> is it really from India? I didn't know that. You know? <laughs> I, didn't I love either. Indian food. But I, you know, I wanted to say, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure your Indian friend wouldn't have been bothered. Like, yeah, right. serious. I like, have a feeling there's some Indians that don't like chai tea. My goodness. <laughs> so Moses and Aaron say, you have complained against God, not us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then, and maybe that's something good if you are a leader, if you're heading into work and you are a leader. It's something good to you know remember, because I know things make it back to you. And about people saying things about you, you just remember this is against, it's not necessarily against yeah. me. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord Mm. in the cloud. Mm. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have bread all you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. And and yet, even though the Ten Commandments hadn't been given yet, so the the requirement of the Sabbath wasn't hadn't been delivered to them yet. That's coming in a couple of chapters. God still knowing that, of course, was coming, he provided twice as much on the day before Sabbath on Friday. Yep. So that they would not gather on the Sabbath. Yeah. Yep. You know, think of verse 19. Verse 19. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. Uh, you know, they, they didn't trust. It was a lack of faith. But by then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes 
they had not picked up, melted, and disappeared. Man, I we could spend a lot of time applying this, some, some real cool things. For us today, in our day, when we feel as though we've got to be so, so ready ahead of time for everything. Well, and it's interesting too, because you have people thinking, and I would have thought the same thing. I should collect more just in case it doesn't, yeah. God doesn't provide tomorrow. Uh-huh. And God was saying, no, I'm punishing you for that. Yeah. Your stuff's going to stink now because you're going to depend on me every day and mm-hmm. not try to gather enough. Creating that habit of trust. Yeah. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. And it didn't spoil. It didn't have maggots and and smell. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food in the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. So that's actually the inauguration of the Sabbath, even before the giving of the law, which I I think is a good argument for keeping the Sabbath today. I'm a Sabbath believer. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. This is why he gives you two-day supply on the sixth day so that there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up the food on the seventh day so the people do not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food what? Mana. It was what? You got to get that accent on the last syllable. Actually, though, yeah. in the Ark of the Covenant, which is you know fascinates even people outside uh-huh. of uh, Christianity, um, but the, in the Ark of the Covenant, which we can't find today, yeah, um, either it's melted and gone or it's hidden somewhere. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what they stored in the Ark of the Covenant was mm-hmm. this manna. It was white, uh, cor- like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, "This is what the Lord has commanded: fill a two quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants." Then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. So they can see here, we don't study ahead of time. We just read it because that's just what you were talking about. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until, you know, I was wrong about that, I guess, the... Ten Commandments. So, you know, what we're missing here is it is the Ten Commandments are given in Exodus 22. It wasn't, this isn't written chronologically. And so the obviously the commandments were already there because it says they put manna right next to the, yeah. the, the slabs. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which was one-tenth an ephah. It held about two quarts. So let's get over to Proverbs yep. then. Uh, over to Proverbs. Cool story about manna, though. And uh, right. Proverbs 26, it's interesting that what you had said earlier in the reading of Exodus, because I had chosen verse 2, that says, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an unfair curse will not land on its intended victim. Now, I think mm-hmm. they're talking about this the supernatural nature of how they viewed curses, that when you were cursed, that... This did you win. But at the same time, I, I I really am a believer 
I think that we are f- far too sensitive to people's words. And now I, I know, I, I think when you're talking about children, that words can be very injurious. But one of the best things we can also teach our children is how to have thick skin. And that we are living in a snowflake society today that we're so concerned about our own feelings and Mm -hmm. feelings is everything to us when in scripture, it's not, it it just is not. God does not ever seem to be concerned about people's feelings. He's concerned about truth, what is right and what is wrong. And our feelings are supposed to follow in line with us just being focused on doing the right thing and treating people well, loving people no matter what, even sometimes, even if that may hurt their feelings. Well, the messiest lives that we run into and people come into church needing counseling or just messed up families, it's like you just followed feelings. Yeah. You you followed your your feelings of sex and lust, you know, and it got you into this mess. But Mm -hmm. you also followed your feelings of, you know, I don't love them anymore. and You know, I don't want to work and... Just yeah, I got somebody really mad at me recently because I, I said, I don't care about feelings. And, and I just don't. It's not, it, it, feelings are not what matters. It's what is right and wrong. Feelings are going to come around yeah. if we just focus on doing what's right. Anyway, to fit yeah. into that proverb here, I think that's the, how, that's the approach we have to take is that like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an unfair curse will not land on its intended victim. That no, I know you, we have all have to know that people talk about us behind our backs and we get so sensitive to that and angry. But the fact of the matter is we're guilty as well. All of us are guilty of saying things we shouldn't have said about another person. And so instead, let's just remember that I'm living in a, in, in a fallen race among people that are going to make mistakes. And sometimes people are going to be unfair with their words. I don't have to worry about it because I'm going to live my life in such a way that people can see who I really am, not based on what other people, the way other people are going to talk. That's right. All right. So okay. um, you, we got a national day today. Yep. Today's National Pumpkin Day because, you know, we are kind of uh, nearing October 31st. Not pumpkin spice, but pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkin. You know, this last Sunday, I my girls carved pumpkins and it's our family tradition. I, we always take the seeds out. Yeah. And we used you to got bake that for me. I used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We used to bake them in the oven, you know, put them on, like on a sheet, dry them off, and then put them on a sheet and put like garlic salt on them, mm-hmm. bake them in the oven. Oh, so good! I actually, sit in the air. We have an air you, fryer now. You, yeah, you brought yeah. some of those. Yeah. I, those are those oh, are delicious. They're the best. They're good for you. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe get a pumpkin today if you don't like carving. That's fine. Grab some of those seeds. Yeah, make this. Yeah, fry the seeds up. All right. Hey, good being with you again. God bless. Have a great day. Yeah.